Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Leading Hope, man. Kevin, I, you know what? Can I say something before we even start? Go. Ready? I love when you wear that Hope shirt. Thanks, man. I'm serious. It just gives it. When I see that and I see the orange, it just puts this mood in smile me. smile yes, on your I'm face. Like, oh, that is going to be a good day. It's a good day to have a good day. Hey, listen, uh, welcome. You're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new to the podcast, we release these uh, release these every Wednesday. If you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform uh, that you're on, that would be awesome. You'll get notifications straight from your device to let you know that we are available with a new episode every week. Also, share it on Facebook, uh, YouTube and Instagram and rate and review on Apple podcast. You won't believe how that helps get us in the hands of more leaders just like you. Also visit leadinghope.online to get updates and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Today, Kevin, we continue our series on frustration. Uh, Wrap it up. It's good. Oh, we're wrapping it up today. Oh, this is it. Oh, wow. It's done. The three-week frustration yeah. series. I love it. Today, episode 98, the title, Temper. Your frustration. Temper. Temper. So this is not like your yeah, like temper. temper or temperature or anything like that. Uh, how we're using this word today, temper meaning a neutralizing or counterbalancing force. Okay. Nice. So it's like temper justice with mercy, temper spicy food with milk, temper like, and that's it. Is that okay? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like to bring it into balance. So we're saying today you need to balance out. You need to counter your frustration. Yeah. So I'm not going to revisit all the stuff that we've done the previous weeks. I just want to jump into this stuff today. But I want to give you two reasons why you need to temper your frustration and then three ways in which you can do that. The two reasons are pretty obvious. Uh, the first one is the one that all of the comments and questions that we've gotten below uh, towards the end of the episode have come from. And that is this, is that your untempered frustration could be disastrous. Mm. And the comments and questions that we've gotten throughout the episode and even afterwards is like, hey, but what about this? What about this? And we've said all along, hey, your frustration is a good thing. It shows you're a leader. It shows you want to make things better. But you must bring that frustration into a proper balance. You must counter it with other things. The person who is only frustrated, the person who is only frustrated will be joyless, will hate their life, will take good environments and make them toxic, and won't be able to build on what is good. See, the person who is only frustrated can only see what's wrong. And what you focus on determines what it becomes. One of my favorite theories is the whole idea of appreciative inquiry. And that is change follows focus. Oh. What you focus on will determine what the future will become. If you obsess about what's wrong, you will create more of it. If you obsess about the problems, you will create more problems because you cannot build on weaknesses. You can only build on strength. That was kind of a side tangent into that whole thing. But it's this piece to say, hey, the person who is only frustrated, what they will do is they will always make things worse. They will make environments worse cultures worse, relationships worse, because they can't see what's good there. At the very beginning of this whole series, I said I am always frustrated, not only frustrated. I am always frustrated. There is always something that I'm seeking to make better, something I'm seeking to change. If I was 
only frustrated. I would never be content. I would never be happy. I would never see what's good in the moment. And so it's to acknowledge you must bring it into balance with other things because your untempered frustration could be disastrous. Second reason why this is so important that you bring your frustration into balance that you temper it, and that is how you feel it's going is not an accurate indicator of how things are. That's good. Frustration is an emotion, okay? We've said it's a good thing, but it is an emotion. And emotions aren't good indicators of our reality, okay? They are a symptom, they're a cue, they're a sign. But they are not a great source as the only indicator of how things are going. Just because you feel behind doesn't mean you're behind. I, I love the story. I, I think it was in the Olympics. Uh, it was one of the cycling events that the person who was leading the cycling event got so far ahead of everyone else that the second place person thought they were winning. Oh my. So when the second place person actually crossed the finish line, they were celebrating like crazy. <laughs> and it was only later that they were informed that they got second. Oh there you go. You're actually like, do you feel like you're winning? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you don't get a gold medal for feeling like you deserve a gold medal. No. You get it for going first. Now, I say that in this context of to say, like, hey, you may feel like you're crushing it and you're not in the far more likely thing is you may feel like you're blowing it and you're actually not. Mm. And if you're only acting on your emotion of feeling like this is terrible, this is awful, this could be better, this isn't going well, what you're going to do is you're going to actually make things worse. I don't want you to eliminate your frustration. I just want you to ground it in an accurate account of what reality is. If you're really frustrated while things are going good, you'll change what's working and you'll make it worse. You go, I feel like this should be better. Just because you feel like this should be better doesn't mean it should be better. You need to temper your frustration with an accurate indicator of how things are going. So I want to give you three sources to temper your frustration, three ways in which you can counterbalance your frustration. These are not brilliant, but they not may not be utilized. Okay. So I just want to be clear on that. Uh, first source to temper your frustration is statistics. Use data points, use stats. Um, we were in a season recently as a church where things, I was just like, oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel like this is going well. I don't feel like this yeah. is right. And then I looked at the numbers. I was like, these are incredible for where we are and what's going on. Yeah. It was like, I need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, I need to look at that with a more accurate indicator of reality. You know what? Maybe things are going well and I'm just tired. Maybe things are going well and I just need to get over myself for a little bit. So statistics are helpful on that. Uh, some people say numbers lie. Uh, those people are idiots. <laughs> Here's the rest of that. Numbers give the framework for a story. They don't tell the whole story. And so if you're using numbers to say like, oh, this is everything right here. This is all you need to know. That's not the case because you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say if you choose the correct set of data points, if you restrict the numbers down to a small set. So hear me clearly on this. Numbers give the framework for a story. They don't tell the entirety of that story. And so you should use data points, stats, to help you gain a better reality of what that story is. Emotions give you a framework for a story. They don't tell the whole story. And so use statistics to help you fill in that key. The key is to count the right things. Second source to temper your frustration is stories. Stories. This is most helpful 
if you're leading organizationally in a, in a time of transition, in a time of change, okay? When you're changing things, the numbers will not be an accurate indicator because numbers are most typically are a lag indicator. They show you later on, even if you have good lead indicators, they show later on, hey, what's happening and how it's working. But stories can give you up to the moment data points for how things are going. So um, when I first uh, started my pastorate at what was Beaver Creek Nazarene, which is now Be Hope Church, um, the numbers were pretty flat. Yeah. And it was the sense of like the, well, are we actually making the right changes? Are we actually doing the right thing? So we started counting some like wonky things. We started counting how many people were hanging out in the lobby after the service. Yeah. We're like, we feel like this is a good indicator as to how things are going. I know you can figure out whatever you want, but the other thing that we really started looking at is, hey, what stories are we hearing? Yeah. Are, who is connecting? Not just are people connecting, but who is connecting? Yeah. What is their background? And so to say, hey, you need to have your ear to the ground, okay? Numbers will tell you some trends over time, but to see the impact that present actions are making, you need to listen to stories. Third source, to counterbalance, to temper your frustration is, and I know this is going to sound really obvious, but someone else, <laughs> just, just use someone else. Like, don't, don't go macro, or don't wait for a story to get unearthed. Go the person right in front of you right now. And just someone who has an accurate sense of what current reality is. This is a skill. I want to be clear. Not everyone can clearly paint a picture of where we are right now and how things are going. And so finding someone else's whose perspective you trust, whose viewpoint you trust, and just to say, how are things? Like you've seen my family. How do things seem to be going? Yeah. You've you've watched me lead. How do things seem to be going? And then this is the most pivotal part of all of this is you find someone whose opinion you trust and you listen. And if they say something you don't like, you don't keep going out and asking that question until you find someone who agrees with the opinion that you already had. Because that is the tendency of everyone. It's to go, I'm going to seek out wisdom and I'm going to ask it enough until someone tells me the thing that I had already determined was true. And then I'm only going to listen to that person. Find someone you trust, listen to their assessment and make modifications over time. See, um, I, I think within this, the thing that I really want to hammer home for people is to say this. You need frustration, okay? Frustration is incredibly important because it gives you the internal push <clears throat> to make things grow, to change things. Problems become the external push upon you to keep moving and shifting. But that internal motivation is everything when it comes to leadership. But if all you feel is frustration... If frustration is the only thing you feel in a moment, you will always make things worse. And so you need to figure out, how do I balance that frustration out? How do I balance my frustration with a team member and how they're operating with my enjoyment as, of the relationship and who they are as an individual? Like that's that's an important piece there to go, to go, hey, I'm 
annoyed, aggravated, frustrated with how you're working and what's happening in the moment. And yet also I see your strengths and your abilities. So how do I temper that out in a moment? How do I temper out, hey, the difficulty of a changing season when the whole world got upended with the unique opportunities that lie within that season? Because if you just feel frustration, you will change things, but you will change them for the worse. So you need to figure out, I give you three sources today, stats, stories, and other people. But how do I counterbalance my frustration to make sure I do feel it, but it's not all that I feel, and I can use it to make a better reality? V, what do you want to jump into? Ah, uh, man, there's a there's a ton here to break down. Um, the the you know generally like you know, the food analogy you can apply to so many things. I think in this particular scenario, uh, talking about you know the ingredients that you need to make something less spicy. Uh, I think it's so important, right? Depending yeah. on what your outcome is going for, um, even the environments, right? Uh, you, you may you may be cooking inside, you may be cooking outside. There's wind, there's factors, there's all these different things, and you have to learn how to temper your frustration. As of the way you said it, frustration, uh, untempered frustration. You said can be. I will go even further say will be. Yeah, will be disastrous. Yeah, and I think absolutely. you laid that out. And, and and knowing the environments of which you're in can help you temper that uh, better. But you said something. I want to. I want to talk about this point. You said change follows focus. Yeah, and we know that to be absolutely true. What you focus on is where all your body, soul, mind, heart will focus on. Mm -hmm. We prefer in this place to be on God. Yeah because God can set the path of which we're going. What do we say for those people who are, 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 don't see anything wrong? Like, so there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. I don't see, so they're, they're not frustrated maybe because they don't see anything wrong with what's going on. Yeah. What, what, what do they need to do in order to, to be frustrated? I think um, we, we talked a little bit about this in the first episode of the series, uh, episode 96, if you want to go back. Yeah. But um, it's the sense of, so let me say it, uh, use the analogy from today. Yeah. You need to temper your frustration, counterbalance it. You also need to temper your complacency. Yeah. Oh, that's counterbalance good. it. That's great. And so the way that you temper your frustration is really stories, stats, and other people. The way you temper your complacency is actually the same source. Yeah. Because that's there is good. no statistic that goes, you are absolutely crushing it <laughs> in every area of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no stories that are come out that just go, you're the hero because we're all struggling. Yeah. We all have room to grow. And so to say that from the point of, hey, both need counterbalance. They both can't just run rampant in your life. I couldn't agree more. I think that's an important uh, note to, to really know that those same three are applied. Doesn't matter which side of the coin that you fall. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, the other thing you said, uh, here's a question is, how do we... Uh, um, deal with the emotion that is telling us that something is is not right, but that's it's not true. Uh, so, in your experience, what what causes this, and how do we deal with that? Oh, that's great. Yeah, like because at the end of the day, uh, our emotions tend to run our direction. Yeah, and so we need to be aware of that. In your experience, because you've been dealing, you've dealt with. I mean, you are in the people development. Mm -hmm. business this mm -hmm. is what you're doing what has been in your experience to 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 help people uh get a handle on the emotional part of where they might think they are so i think the um the the difficulty of this is to go so uh 
context uh, message I gave the other week, uh, I thought it was fine. I'm always frustrated. I yeah. always see the way to improve, but I thought it was fine. And the response that I got was yeah, that's right. enthusiastically, like overwhelming. Like, yeah. like, oh, this is incredible. This, yeah. is the, this is the best message you've ever preached. Heard that multiple times. Yeah. I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Just like, front, front row people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like I was going through that and I was like, and I had to ask a couple people and go, what was it? Yeah. Because here's where, um, I'm going to get there in just yeah, no, a second. Okay. This is good. Like here's Break where it, it is, is I want to go. I did not feel like that was my best message. I didn't even feel like it was a very good message to begin with. And it was easy for that to be my grounding in reality. And multiple other people unsolicited spoke right. to that and said, no, 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 it was really, really good. It was needed. And so I had to figure out, instead of discounting their perspective, I had to figure out how it was good so I could understand that. Here's the bottom line on this is to go, if if you're not, ah, uh, this is going to sound really bad because it's a case example on me, but I don't have any other perspective other than my yeah. own. Okay? Yep. Uh, if you don't have some humility, which I can at least say I have some humility, okay? can I, I can at least own that. Let's say no, no, no. But if you don't have some humility, then your emotions will all of a sudden trump anyone else's perspective. That's good. Okay. So like, if you're arrogant, how I feel discounts anything else you have to say because yeah. my perspective matters more. And so in that moment, it was for me to go. You know, I probably don't have a good handle on this. Yeah. And so there's no way unless if you have adopted some humility in order for you to allow those other perspectives to come in. Well, I think the I think you really kind of nailed this in the way that you handled the feeling that you had, right? You went and did what you said, which asked someone else, which was yeah. your last point, right? You said, well, yep. this, I didn't feel like I did well, but it seems like I did do a lot better than I thought I did. Let me go ask some people and get a perspective. And I had a, I had a meeting, um, with a mutual friend with us, uh, call some coffee. It wasn't really a meeting. We just sat down for about an hour and a half and, uh, we were hanging out and we got to this very, he was just struggling with some certain things, relationships and stuff in his okay. life. And, uh, we got to the point and I, and, and, and this, that's why I think this podcast is so helpful because I learn from it all the time. I might be hosting it, but I am learning to become yeah, a better that's leader. Good. Like that's why this is so incredibly important that you do this every week because it comes a, a consistent rhythm in your life to get better. It's not, yeah. I'm just gonna get better this month and I'll be good for a year. <laughs> like that's not the way it works. Yeah. It's consistent moving forward. Anyway, but I, I, I took that whole point of, hey, have you ever asked the person that you're struggling with what it looks like to be on the other side of the table from yeah. you? Oh, it's the best question. And they, they looked at me and like, you know, you can just feel oh, it. it's yeah. like in that moment. You're like, man, I've, I've, I've never have first off and I'm afraid to, and I'm like, well, then there's the starting point. Mm -hmm. That's where you start to move your relationship forward. Because if you, if you don't know what it's like to sit on the other side of you, if you don't know what it's like to ask someone else, uh, if there's problems, unique problems, all those things that you put in here, you can't fix the frustration. You can't move past the frustration you certainly won't be able to temper the frustration yeah. uh and so like to, to just unearth it like that specific question is what's it like to be on the other side of me and that is the most powerful and scary question and humbling and humbling question you can ask because yeah. ready you've never been on the other side of you you have not right and so whatever information you get you may expect some of it but some of it will be unexpected because everyone has a blind spot there yeah and if you That's can good. if you can be if you can be just a little if you can humble yourself enough to ask that question and be bold enough to ask it knowing that it's probably not going to be what you want to hear you will grow beyond what you ever imagined you could 
become. That's good. If you know that you can just do that for the person of which you want to move forward with. That's a great question. That's it, man. That's all we have time for today, Kevin. Uh, Episode 98, wrap it up. Yeah, so in this three weeks that we have spoken on frustration, this is is what I really hope for you, is I hope you will see that to be frustrated is not to have something wrong with you. Mm. And too many people have gone, I'm frustrated, something must be wrong with me. No, 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 no. It means you're a leader and you see what's better. But you must make the best of that frustration so it doesn't make the best of you. And you must learn to temper that frustration because it's okay to be frustrated, but it will be disastrous if you're only frustrated. So embrace it. Don't try to eliminate it and make things better in the future. And that is it for episode 9-8, Temper Your Frustration. Thank you for joining us today and spending time with us. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed, it would mean the world to us if you did that now. Also post about it, rate and review. You won't believe how this helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you every week. We love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life, in your relationships, in your jobs, in your careers. Let us know. Visit leadinghope.com online and send that to us we'd love to hear from you and remember remember everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader make it count